Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on June 6, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a really beautiful place to do just that. This segment of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions. A local advertising agency, Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, your actualized visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At your actualized visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your Actualized Visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your actualized visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And, of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? I am well this morning, Joe. Um, and as you can hear, I sound much better than I did last week. Um, um, my congestion yeah. is finally clearing up. Yay! <laughs> wow. It's been a week. It's, it's Over a it, week. It's, it's, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, over a week. But um, did you get my weekend guide this morning yet? Have you looked at it? Yeah. 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 Lot, lot of stuff going on this weekend. A lot of, a lot of really good stuff going on this weekend. Right. We're just getting out of, I guess, the uh, graduation uh, sort of rush for many people, and 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 still there are more graduations to come, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, well, it's the Memorial Day weekend. We we're past the Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend, as you said, the, you know, the graduation. I, you know, I I was at my nephew's a couple of weeks ago. They're still they're still going on, but it you know there's right. like an ebb and a flow. It, there's an ebb and a flow in the South right. Bay to events, you know. So, but it, things things started picking up a couple several weeks ago, but this weekend there's a lot of a lot of great stuff coming on and. FYI, um, I think I've now posted all of the summer concert series. They, some of them have already begun this weekend. Another couple are coming mm-hmm. online. Um, oh, boy, we've got um, movie nights at, in the garden. 
the the rhodium. You know the rhodium in Gardena. They mm-hmm. are bringing back. They are bringing back the Friday Night Drive-In movie, which starts the, for the season tomorrow. So every Friday really? night you can go to a drive-in movie. Yes, yes. So I'm totally, totally doing that this summer. Um, yeah. So a lot, a <laughs> lot of, a lot of good stuff coming online. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. So. That is fun. That is really fun. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Wow. And of course, the <laughs> the the, uh, the Palos Verdes uh, uh, Music and Street Fair, uh, Street Fair Music Festival is this weekend as well. They're, they're, yeah, there's uh, the Hermosa Beach Arts Fine Arts Festival. Ton of stuff going on. Ton of stuff going on. So big weekend. Right. Let's Great. hope. Uh, Let's hope the June gloom lifts a little bit so, you know, we can get some vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> right. We need our vitamin D. Well, I'm mm-hmm. excited. This is a this is a very, very cool show and interesting show. This is a very interesting guest, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, as as uh photographers go, this is one of those uh, signature sort of uh, environments to be in for, you know, classic photos. I mean, photos that have, like, national implications and all of that. This is International. Inter- it's an international, international. stage. Yes. And wow. you know something? That's something I want to find out about, about how how photographers are chosen to to be in this particular location that we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, I want you know. Anyway, let's let's get to it. We'll get to it, okay? Jackie, who's our guest today? Our guest this morning is Anna Wilding. Now, Anna has been cited as iconic for both her work on screen and behind the lens as a director and photographer, as well as writer, producer, actress, and comedian. Now, as a photographer, she was based at the White House from 2015 to 2017 during the Obama administration. Her photographs have received wide critical acclaim. Her prints of the Obama White House hang in private collections on both coasts and have been featured in magazines, newspapers, and television, including Variety, Herald de Paris, and Jimmy Kimmel Live. Now, the Palos Verdes Arts Center is going to host the opening reception, Anna Wilding, Wilding, Celebrate Hope, photographs of the Obama White House, on Saturday, June 8th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Now, attendees will experience the People's House through rare images of First Lady Michelle Obama and President Barack Obama as they inhabit the West and East Wings. Now, this morning, we're going to learn about Anna's experience at the White House and what it was like photographing the most powerful couple in the world. Welcome to the program, Anna. We're so happy you could join us this morning. That's fine. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, and good morning, the South Bay. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> That's what this June gloom, show, though. Right? I mean, this June gloom. Hmm? I yes. know. Don't get well, don't, uh, don't get don't, don't get me started, Anna. Don't get me started on the June gloom. <laughs> don't even get me started. How long? How yeah. long have you lived in the mm-hmm. South Bay, Anna? You know, I've actually lived here uh, close to a year now. I've, I love it. I've lived all over Los Angeles, from Beverly Hills to Silver Lake to Pacific Palisades. And I have to say, I think this is my favorite area, not only because of the fresh air mm. and the best air in Los Angeles, 
Um, also, mm. the people are very friendly, and the views are just stunning. Mm. I mean, I'm a, I am love Malibu, and this is like Malibu at the other end that's undiscovered, but actually is more beautiful, to be honest. You drive up that coast mm. and those cliffs, and it, it, I, I'm from New Zealand. This is this matches that. It's absolutely stunning part of the world, and I kind of like it's a bit undiscovered, really, to be honest. I got to tell you, Anna, that, you know, it's funny. You sound like just about everybody else that has landed here. Uh, <laughs> once you once you discover the South Bay, you never want to leave. You don't you know, you don't want to leave it that that we've had, you know, over the years we've been doing this. We've had literally hundreds of guests. We've heard the same story from over and over again. Uh, they they were visiting a friend in the South Bay or uh, something was going on where they came to the South Bay for the first time and they fell in love with it and they end up moving here. And after living here, mm-hmm. they fig- they ha- they all figure out a way to work here so that they never have to leave right. the bubble. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So you don't actually have to go west of the four or five. Is that what it is? Or you? You don't want to go east of the one ten. That's that's the plan. East you of the one ten. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Any, any right. further east yeah. of the one ten. Yeah. You don't have to go north of the of the airport. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Right. I bought a little boat. Uh, I bought a little boat. A little sailboat. That's what brought me here. And, oh, uh, great. And then I figured oh. I had to live near. I I had to live near the boat, and uh, I haven't really left. Since, except to go overseas <laughs> or travel. <laughs> right, right. It it is amazing, amazing how how uh, this little pocket we're in a triangle, where uh, yes, you know the, the ocean mm. is on one side of the triangle and the freeways on the other sides of the triangle, and they 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 avoid this area. It's just a, a bubble of beauty. Well, now we have well, to be careful. There we are. That's it, a good word. Well. Anna, Anna, Anna is international, so we got to make sure that she keeps hush hush on this on this subject. You know, she said it's such a great right. secret nobody knows right. about it, but people are finding out about us, so we have to be careful. Yeah. 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 We do, we do. So, so Anna, first of all, tell us a little bit about your journey as a photographer. Uh, what, what were you always? Thinking about being a photographer or a fine artist, what what was your background before uh, the, uh, the period I, of you know the two thousands? Sure, I absolutely knew I wanted to work in film and photography. Mm. I mean, even as a teenager, um, I had a a lot of um, uh, sway. A lot of people were interested in me going into politics in New Zealand, which was great, um, mm-hmm. and. So in a way, it's no surprise I ended up at the White House. Um, but I um, always wanted to work in film and television and make a difference, a positive difference in this world. And as a creative person, I guess I saw that part of my way of doing it. Initially, um, I actually I worked in all, all in film and photography right from the start straight away. I mean, I was working and interning with film production companies and then assisting. I was directing, acting, I was in television shows. Um, and I was, you know, working in production as well. And I also uh, studied photography, and I ended up photographing and doing very well in New Zealand, actually. By 18, I'd uh, earned enough money to set up my own studio, and I would get so much work. I mean, work of national significance. Very, very quickly, I established myself as a photographer just on word of mouth. 
Um, and it's just a skill set that I've always carried with me and I've always done. When I first came to Los Angeles, when I was 19 or 20, I had my photography portfolio under my arm. I took that round to production companies. I got work straight away. I ended up working three companies at once. I was exhausted, <laughs> but doing whatever mm. I could to make to make it all work and, and pay rent, but also a wonderful, wonderful uh, way to experience uh, a wide variety of things in Hollywood. I was ended up producing music videos, uh, co-producing them, uh, Rolling Stones, UB40, Lenny Kravitz, Danny Jordan. I ended up then moving on to direct mm. music videos. I then moved on to film. Um, gradually, in amongst all of this, I was so busy with film and acting and directing and producing that um, I kind of put the photography on hold. I, I had a moment, a pivotal moment when I was about 19 that I realized that I really wanted to work with the moving image as well. And I love photography and I love what I could capture in that moment, but I really felt the need to work with the moving uh, image, which is why I developed such a strong film focus. But literally, mm -hmm. I think at some point um, in about 2014, I was compelled to buy a whole lot of camera equipment again. I was just suddenly drawn back to photography. I didn't know why. And I ended up in Washington, D.C. And... There was no film happening there whatsoever. There was no film work. And I think House of Cards was filming, and that was about it. And I had uh, interviewed uh, NASA astronauts before for a documentary I had made. And I ended up being invited by NASA to uh, help cover, just a handful of people to cover and break the news story about water being found on Mars in 2015, mm. I think it was. And when I was there, someone sort of said, well, I'll see you at the White House tomorrow. And, of course, I said yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and <laughs> one way or the other, I uh, ended up um, finding my way and in being invited into the White House as a photographer and filmmaker um, and being cleared. And uh, the rest is history. I, I now have an incredible exhibit. I spent, I was there on a daily basis. Very few people are there on a daily basis. We're only talking about five to 20 on any given day, day in and day out. Uh, so you get to see and, and ride the wave of the White House and everything that's going on fairly um, intimately. And it, uh, it, yes, there we are. There's my question. There's, there's your answer. <laughs> wow. There, there, there uh, is the Anna Wilding journey. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 the journey continues. I mean, um, uh, I, I'm I'm on your website now, and I see a picture of you with uh, Buddhist monks in their full regalia uh, and uh, their robes and everything. Uh, what was that about? So in 2014, or uh, 2000, actually, sorry, way back, 2010, I witnessed an instance of racism in New Zealand that really upset me. And uh, I ended up making a film about Buddhist monks uh, so people would understand the culture and the history and the significance of, of Buddhist monks. I made a film. It did very well. It ended up being shortlisted for the Oscars one year at Palladian Cinemas for 60 days, uh, both in the U.S. and Canada and Australia. And it was a really fun, heartwarming feature documentary. And it... 
it brought so much light and positivity into people's eyes. I remember I was at one screening and there was a group of very rough, you know, kids who were 18, tattoos, kind of rednecks mm. from the Midwest. And um, they were like, you know what? We always laughed at these guys. We always laughed at these guys in robes and monks and everything. And now after watching your film, we realize they're just like us. So we're just going to laugh with them. And I know the film mm. hit that mark when I made, um, when I hear comments like that. I remember getting another email from someone. She said, oh, Anna, I live in wherever she lives, Michigan. Sorry, I'm so depressed all the time, blah, blah, blah. I saw your film, and you know what? I've completely stripped my house. I'm bringing in orange curtains, painting everything orange and happy, and three months down the track, I'm a much happier person than I ever was wow. three months prior. Wow. So I <laughs> love making those kind of differences. I mean, it's... It, just to affect and touch one person, it makes all the world, and then you know you're going to sort of share that, share that good spirit and goodwill out and out in the community. So, yeah, that was that was a delightful film to make. And I remember after making it, saying, "Well, if I ever not make another film, I'm just really proud of this one and everything it stands for, and putting it out in the world." Um, I kind of got compared a little bit to Morgan Spurlock, the female Morgan Spurlock, but of course I, I, oh. was, I was tackling, I was dealing with a completely different kind of issue. But um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And of course I did make another film. I mean, as a filmmaker, you just keep making them. My hometown was destroyed by earthquakes, Christchurch, New Zealand, um, mm. in 2012. So I ended up making a film. I mean, the town is still there, but large ways so that the city was destroyed, the city centre and about a third of its suburbs, half of its suburbs. So I made a film about that. There were problems between um, insurance companies and government and access to properties. And so I, I basically investigated the quake and made a big feature documentary on that. So, how, is that yeah. how, how is it there now? I remember when that happened. I, I, that was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And then Japan hands, it happened a few weeks later so it kind of dropped out of the news uh, but having said that the Japanese were incredible to, to Christchurch they sent their emergency crews over to us and conversely we sent our crews over to Japan. The town uh, unlike Japan and other countries it was a very slow rebuild, it still was being rebuilt the government uh, tried to take ownership of the quake uh, you know and force people to sell their buildings all sorts of stuff happened. It was a very very slow build, rebuild it took five or ten years. It should have taken a couple of years. There's still a lot of issues that are happening on the ground. But the town is functioning. The people are positive. They've got enormous perseverance. And, uh, you know, they they lost 200,000 people who left the town and we were replaced by 200,000 people who came back in or who came oh. in from overseas. So uh, right. it's good. It's still got a way to go. But, it's, um, you know, anything major like that, Everyone kind of is stoic and says they're fine, but really you, you feel the effects years later. You feel the financial effects years later. I took a year or two of my work. to I founded a charity. I helped with friends and family and a whole lot of people who I didn't know. I helped. My charity gave money out to people around the region who I did not know um, to help them when they had no hot water or food or blankets or anything like that. Then my own immediate mm. family was affected, so I was there helping them sort of rebuild or help with insurance claims, whatever it was. And it was, um, you know, I, I, I don't think the financial effect really hit me three years later, four years later, right? It was like, oh, I had to take two years out of work then. And then you yourself have to recover. I mean, you, there was a saying you could always yeah. tell a person from Christchurch because they would jump 
shocked if they heard a truck rumble because yeah. I went through 4,000 4,800 earthquakes and you can hear them coming like yeah. an hour in advance. I could hear whistling under the earth. I could hear the rumble starting a few minutes before and you just get really in tune with the earth. And I, I'm hoping um, that this film, I was speaking to someone at the Red Cross, I think it's a very good film for areas like California for the people and the emergency crews to watch so they can see what is done right and what is done wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And my film really highlights sort of the aftermath of, of a quake and what went wrong in rescuing people and what went right. And um, it's, it's, so for that, it's I think huge, it's very valuable work. It's a huge disruption. I, I mean, disruption is, uh, there, there's got to be a better word for it, but it just, as you said, years and years later, um, it's, it, it's P- PTSD, you know? Um, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well you know, um, I, I mentioned this when Joe, Joe and I were chatting at the beginning of the show. As far as photographers in the White House, so you you said there were only anywhere from, what, five to 20 people there every day. And, and you're mm-hmm. hired. What do you do? You just hang out in the halls, you follow people around, take their pictures. No, you, no, yeah, no, I mean, no, 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 I mean, no, no. <laughs> many of them, many of them are not. You know, most of them are imposed. You know, they're they're you're just catching people. They're all candid. And, they're all candid. So, and, so yeah. how it works? Yeah. So, um, I was not the official White House p- photographer. That is a man by the name of Pete Souza who just put out two books. So he was hired by the Obamas, basically on call to shoot what they wanted and when things were happening. I was there on a freelance basis. Uh, My work was being published in some regular newspapers and and things like that. And um, I was initially going to make a film, but I realized that they were overexposed and they'd basically given all rights and all access to HBO and major networks. So I knew I couldn't compete with that. So I... I really made a valuable time of my camera and I knew that was the right thing to do. Um, and actually for me, the best way to record their story, the, obviously the security at the White House is incredibly strict. So first you have to be uh, credentialed and cleared, is the word, by security. Once that happens, um, and I really can't disclose any of that, um, it's, um, once that happens, then you are in the White House, but no one just gets to walk around the White House. Everyone is escorted everywhere, even the president. So you literally have security guards. If you're walking between buildings or between, um, say, the East Wing and West Wing, everyone has a security guard about six feet behind them. So you're living really? in this mm. uh, bubble, secret service bubble, uh, for two years. I was part of the entourage. I was invited to travel um, as part of the entourage several times with President Obama, but I couldn't. The, the, the photographers had to pay themselves or their agencies, so I could only really afford to go on the UN trip to New York. And that was an incredible experience. I mean, I was part of that bubble. The streets were closed down. I was staying in the hotel. No one could access our few blocks. And uh, it's just amazing to see how it all works, um, even when you're traveling with the president. And, you know, there would be a lot of waiting around. So let's say there were three to four photographers there on a daily basis, and the other 10 people are journalists, just pure journalists, or, or the major networks. So, and I was doing a bit of broadcasting and stuff as well. Uh, 
and then there's a lot of waiting around. I mean, and then all of a sudden you may be home one day, like on a Saturday or Sunday, and you get a call that Paris is attacked, and you literally have 10 minutes to get to the White House um, in time for President Barack Obama to come out. And I remember there was an instance like that, and I was, I think, I was just one of two people there, three people there, for you know, before the press secretary came out to make their announcement. It's an interesting position. At the best, you're dealing with you know, I was struck I, mm. when I was in that, that briefing room with, on the one hand, at times you had the best and brightest of the media there, obviously, that mm. the networks could send. On the other hand, you wonder how people got their job. It's like any profession. You have people who are highly competent, uh, factual, nonpartisan, doing a great job. And on the other hand, you're wondering how that person got hired and why they're even there. And wow. unfortunately, I think what we see is because it's such a little hotbed and it's a very small privileged environment, privileged as in these are people who've worked hard, not their backgrounds. You can come from any background, you know, but mm-hmm. um, you've reached a stage in your life that you're very privileged and honored to be there. Uh, well, I was. And um, and you, you just see these people who are really deserving and merited and really good and other people you're going, really, how did, how did you get your job? And uh, I think that's what we see. Have, have I, I think everything that's going on with um, the current president um, and his attacks on the media, um, I, I, I don't agree with him because I believe in freedom of speech. But having said that, there were problems in that press room and there have been for 10 years or so. And it was starting to bubble out of control when I was there. I remember writing about it. Um, the White House Correspondents Association was uh, biased and bigoted about who it would let in and not let in. Um, there were definite problems that are, there were, you know, problems in, in, in various ways. So uh, and, I believe Anna, he's taken it to I this just, extreme, I, but yes. Mm? I just, I just want to underscore what you're pointing out now when the general media uh, focuses on Trump talking about the fake media, what is lost is the absolute truth of it. Why yes, does um, Trump, why is he the one who, who, who exposes the obviously fake media? I, it's just, I, it's he, he, I, I don't mind. think he's correct to do, I think he's, I don't think he's correct to do so because it becomes obvious. It doesn't. I I I just just disagree with how he's doing it. I really really do. Oh, I think totally. I I agree with you. I totally disagree with how he's doing it. But the kernel of truth in what he says underlies everything. I mean, you know that that I, that. I, yeah, when I, I'm the just general curious. media tries to undercut it. <laughs> You know, Anna. Anna said, you know, this started, you know, just over ten. Would you say ten years a ago, Anna? Or more. Well, a, a I know when I got to the White House, I, I I saw significant problems, and I saw people who really weren't asking good questions of the president or the press secretary. I saw the press secretary only asking the five major networks, um, mm-hmm. and playing into their hands, knowing that they were now forming partisan uh, positions, whether it was Fox or CNN. And I, I, I saw it all happening, um, and the, I, I saw very uh, a handful of journalists sticking to the truth and facts, 
Um, but I also saw the White House not helping and playing their part as well. And um, um, really, I mean, why would the White House, House ask questions of those who really... Um, I, I just don't want to get into it. Freedom of press is really, 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 really important. Um, yes. Mm. So it is so true. What is also true, important is that journalists do their job and ask questions that are intelligent and insightful. And on to that point, it's important that newsrooms send their most best, smartest and brightest journalists to those specific places. It takes a huge responsibility to cover the White House and the presidents of the United States. Every single news story that happens in the world starts at the White House and comes out of the White House. There could be a national disaster in this country if the White House is going to come out first and speak about it uh, with any um, factual acknowledge, uh, you know, um, facts. So if you have journalists who aren't telling that truth at its very core, mm. then there's a problem. If you have a White House who is covering up or not asking journalists or asking journalists who are known to be partisan or known not to be asking the smartest questions, then you have a problem. I have seen both White Houses avoid journalists who are some of the smartest in the room. I have seen both mm. White Houses avoid asking independent press questions and just asking the five major networks. Um, and I right. think that it, it, it's a two-way street. I've seen the White House Correspondents Association try and lobby the White House only for certain questions to be asked, um, mm. certain um, journalists to be asked questions, and to only let certain members into their little um, clique and things like that. So this is, you know, we're talking about a handful of networks. Of, of, we're talking about 30 people and 30, 40, 50 major networks and newspapers and independent major independents. And so it's a, it can get very, um, you know, there are issues there. I don't want to say it's toxic. It's not necessarily toxic, but I think all parties could do much mm. better than they are. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I'm glad to hear that from an actual you know, person who was there that, you know, no, it's good. But let's do this. Let's uh, do our station break, Joe. Uh, let's, right. let's get our station break in. And then I want to I want to talk about the exhibition opening this Saturday. Yes. Right. Yeah. yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're having a wonderful discussion with Anna Wilding and talking about all things producing, directing, writing, photography, all the the world of Anna Wilding, and it's a wonderful time. Please join us regularly every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for South Bay Spotlight and also every Friday at 8 a.m. for the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, a special program featuring the Manhattan Beach Chamber and their members and all things happening in Manhattan Beach every Thursday at 8 a.m. and every Friday at 8 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, share this podcast with everyone you know. Hopefully uh, you will find some value in these discussions, and we hope you'll join us on a regular basis. And now, Jackie, let's talk about yes. the exhibit. Yes, so – Let's talk about this. Okay, the, the uh, Palace Verdes Arts Center will be hosting the opening reception, Anna Wilding, Celebrate Hope, photographs of the Obama White House, this Saturday, June 8th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, 
and then it's going to be on display uh, through July, I believe. I, I believe. Is... Oh, okay. All right, okay. Great. Yeah, actually, um, you, it's a double header at the PV Art Center tomorrow. Um, there, it's, there's Anna's uh, ex- exhibition and, and another one now trending. So there's two opening tomorrow night, uh, Saturday night at the PV Art Center. Um, so you've 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 described to us how you don't just get to roam freely around the White House. That wherever you're going, you you have your Secret Service people. So how does it work? Because so the families, after dinner, they're sitting around the living room, and then they say, "Hey, you no, want to no, 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 that, that, no, 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 that's, no, that's private time. I didn't have access, nor did I want access into their private residence. No one, no one does. Um, Vogue okay, might okay. go in for one shoot. Vogue might go in for one shoot a year. That's it. We're talking solely about the East and West Wing, the activities okay. that, that happen in there." Um, the daily minutiae of, of politics, uh, bill signing, uh, and, and things like that. So uh, I had no wish to go into the residence, and no, and no okay. one does. So that was that. that so so <laughs> so all my okay. shots are candid, and it, you know I'm really into shooting like these little in-between moments. I like to uh, sort of um, capture the Obamas for who they really are, sort of strip away any facades that we all have when we work professionally, you know, and just really get to the heart of who they are. And uh, all my films and, and photographs, they they really show humanity and the humanity of the person and the subject. So my exhibit really takes care to do that. So it's a very intimate, intimate show uh, that really pe- brings people into their world. And a lot of people treat it, like they would visiting a museum, and they go, "It's just amazing. It's just like Obama's another guy at work doing his job." <laughs> and that's 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 exactly it. He is literally just working hard, like any other guy doing his job. And when I hear comments like that, I also know the exhibits, you know, hit its mark because I'm really showing the Obamas as people. And I just want to say, if I did not think that they were an incredible uh, couple. I would not have done this. I certainly would not be doing um, an exhibit. The fact is is that she is an incredible force to be reckoned with, Michelle Obama, former First Lady Michelle Obama, mm. is an incredible force to be reckoned with. She's so strong. She's so dynamic. She is so stunning. And President Obama is, of course, well, we all know he's, he's a good-looking, dynamic, iconic individual Mm. as well and it was so nice I think for America to have an intelligent presidency there is no question I don't think anyone can dispute the level of intelligence of uh, President Barack Mm -hmm. Obama and I think that this presidency the Obama presidency deserves to be preserved um, for the dignity that it had and also for the humanity which it bought. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that from a political or partisan, Democratic or Republican. I just think that they were two incredible individuals and America was very, very lucky to have them in a White House. I realize that not all his uh, proposals got through Congress. I don't believe any presidency is flawless. Um, how mm. can you be to an entire population of 300 million people? But I believe that they were smart enough to know what was important and what needed to be done. 
um, mm-hmm. and how to carry the dignity of the office. And that so, my exhibit shows that dignity with which they carried that office. Yeah, I'm really looking mm. forward to seeing it. As I said, I'm not going to make the opening reception, but I, I always – there have been several events up at PV Art Center that I was unable to attend opening night, but I get there after. I get there later. I get there later. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so you're on call constantly – for the business stuff. So if they're going, if they're going to do a, a you know, a, a, a press something or a briefing room or um, uh, in the rose garden things? or in the vegetable the, garden, the rose garden, anywhere. And, and what, <laughs> what, what about like the state mm. dinners and stuff like that? Like yep, state dinners? all of those. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I quite often didn't cover the state dinners because in those situations, you've got they invite more photographers in. So things like the Easter egg roll or a state dinner, they'll open up their invites and say, okay, this is um, open press, and you know everyone can mm-hmm. send their media along. And so and those those kind of big state dinners, you're you're dealing with about 200 photographers um, oh who've been invited <laughs> in, and a lot more journalists. So. They didn't interest me so much. Um, um, I, I much prefer the stuff I could be closer and, and personal and whether it was the Oval Office or perhaps Theresa May just mm-hmm. coming from a meeting with uh, Trump, which I photographed as well. But um, uh, um, when Hollande came over to meet with Barack Obama after the uh, – President Hollande met with Barack Obama after the Paris attacks was a very moving time and – difficult time and you know as a photographer um for me anyway i mean i'm known for the humanity of of my work whether it's film or photography um and which means i also take some of these moments on board personally you just do you can't not let things affect you um in order to do your job really 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 well i think as soon as you become jaded your work's not as good um i don't shoot like a news photographer there's a lot of news photographers they'll just shoot there stand there and shoot 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 i'm really looking for those moments and uh, moods that will really capture what is actually happening in the room at that moment. I'm not just blindly mm. shooting. I'm, I may sh- shoot one photo to every 24 photos that a news photographer just shoots off as real. I'm, you know, I'm looking for something different. You, you remind mm-hmm. me, I, I just watched a documentary uh, a month, two months ago, and what you're, the way you're explaining this reminds me of it. it, was, it it's called Deadline Artists. And it was about two journalists in New York, Pete Hamill, and um, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking. I'm, uh, they were the two two job uh, two top columnists, uh, Jimmy Breslin, mm-hmm. Jimmy Breslin, and Pete Hamill. They were the two top col- columnists in New York City in the late '60s, '70s, into the early '80s, and um, they 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 worked very similar to you in that uh, they were they were there for just about every big event that happened you, you know the assassinations right. uh, uh you know the big the big the big criminal things and uh jimmy breslin yeah. was at uh uh the the big procession for jfk's funeral and he's there he said there's you know 400 other journalists here we're all going to get the same story i need something different so he actually went and interviewed the grave digger that that dug right. grave for JFK. Um, uh, he, he's yeah. he's he's won Pulitzers. You know he he, he I think mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he won a Pulitzer. He was one of the first people to talk to talk about the AIDS epi- epidemic. You know because everybody right. was staying well, away mm-hmm. from that. Um, but it, fantastic yeah. documentary. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO. It's called Deadline Artists. Right. And it, yeah, it's just I should, fantastic. I should, I should capture it. 
Yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy mm-hmm. Breslin was was quite a character. I, I I grew up with the guy. You know, he was a he was a fixture in the city. You know, you'd actually run into him and see him <laughs> places. He was he was he was bigger than right. life. He was a real character. So anyway, yeah. No, that that <laughs> that remind. Well, it reminds me of how you're explaining how you were looking for the in between moments, the stuff that not mm-hmm. is not so obvious. Uh, you know, that the same the same picture that everybody else is going to get, right? It was great. Right. I have a classic example. I put it in this exhibit. I put it into this exhibit actually. That I think it was the moment when um, Trudeau and Obama came to visit, and it was in the Rose Garden, and it was just like a love affair between these two. I can't even explain to you that the <laughs> it was like lovers in the air. There was an incredible bond and romance between bro- these two bro- men. Bromance. 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 There was just this yes. bromance going on. It was incredible. It was palpable. It was an, an amazing day in the Rose Garden. But anyway, um, so all the photographers, everyone's shooting everything and, and trying to capture this moment. And then, all, you know, Obama and Trudeau leave the podium in the Rose Garden and all the photographers are packing up and putting their cameras down and doing whatever's happening. But I keep shooting and I'm shooting their footsteps because their footsteps were in unison. Mm. And so I have this shot of the back views of both men walking between the flags and their footsteps are identical. And that, to me, captures mm-hmm. everything um, that happened in the White House that day. Because I look at any of the other photos, I look what's coming out, and nothing captures that moment. The, the, they weren't standing close enough together to get a shot of that bromance and how it felt. But this this photo mm-hmm. is just step in time, step in unison. It just really shows that these are two leaders on the same page at that time, at that moment in history. Wow, this Beautiful. sounds amazing, Joe. Joe, are you going to go to the opening reception? You should go. You should go and report Saturday. back to me. Yeah. yeah. Saturday. <laughs> uh, uh, are you going to be there, Anna? I am going to be there. And we have so many celebrities coming from all over L.A., Hollywood celebrities, uh, Netflix, yeah. Prime, Amazon, TV stars, movie stars, uh, Instagrammers, Instagram stars. So it's going to be an incredible there, night. Uh, I have to say the Pacific... Palace Virtus Art Center has been incredible to work with. Um, that is such an incredible mm-hmm. resource up on that hill that this community has. I mean, it's like a multi-million oh, yes. dollar art gallery <laughs> up on the hill. Oh, yes. It's stunning. <laughs> yeah. It is stunning. <laughs> so I've been very happy what working a, with a, Joe Baker and Scott Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. They, it is It is a fantastic it's – a, it's a great amenity for the community and yeah. beyond and, be, and beyond, you know, we're just interested in our little bubble, but, uh, I've gone to <laughs> so many, I've gone to so many exhibits there. Uh, just some amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, literally right. Uh, right. amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thrill, thrilled that, uh, that we're, that this is going to, when, I'm sorry, it's running June 8th through July 7th. Did you say? So it's this, it's this Saturday. The opening reception is from 6 to 9 p.m. this Saturday, June the 8th, and it's running through to July the 7th or uh, July the 7th, yes. Right. So um, mm-hmm. visitors can go and see it at any time, and the work is going to be on sale, like all art gallery openings and <laughs> events. The work is mm-hmm. available. Uh, I have people collecting my work from New York and New Hampshire through to... Uh, San Diego, through to Texas, through to everywhere. So, uh, right. you know, prices range from $400 and upwards to, you know, 3000 depending on whether it's limited edition or not. So we welcome mm-hmm. people to collect and be that collector's circle as well, part of that yeah, so, collector's well, circle. So, mm. 
Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you. So your photographs um, has, you know, how each of the presidents, when they are out of office, they do their library, and I know, I know, the mm-hmm. Obamas are working on theirs. Um, do, do they mm-hmm. has it, have they requested your photographs to be in in his library well, yet, or did, is that further well, down uh, the road? Actually, how it works for a side that's further down the road till it's actually all built. And how it works is that apparently I donate. Apparently we donate. So I have to donate okay. a picture to the museum. Um, you know, I have invited the Obamas to the opening. Uh, we will see. <laughs> you oh! Know, right? oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Well, that, I'm there. That would be I'm exciting. There. Uh, he's totally there. You know what? <laughs> You know what? I'm yeah. sorry. I may I may have to change my plans. I may have to change my plans Saturday night. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah. So it was an honor and a privilege. It was an honor and a privilege uh, being based at the White House for that time. Um, I wouldn't pick up my camera for just anyone. I didn't, and I haven't for 20 years until I was compelled to pick up. When I started photographing the Obamas, um, Michelle Obama. Unfortunately, was being attacked in the worst possible way by racist individuals. I just can't believe the name-calling that was happening uh, to her. And so I made a concerted effort when I was photographing the First Lady to put her in a context that was incredibly relatable to everyone. Um, So I would put her in a fashion or a pop culture context. Uh, There was one picture where she's walking her dogs and um, my editor found these Vogue magazines from the 1930s of really chic women of all diversities walking their dogs that were on the cover of Vogue. So I put that alongside my photo of Obama, of Michelle Obama, first lady Michelle <laughs> Obama. And it went viral, you know, three million, 3 million retweets. You know, we got more hits yeah. than CNN on a lot of stuff. And I think it really helped in a very tiny way to help shift that conversation and humanize uh the, the the first lady at that moment. She has done incredible work. Uh, her initiative to set up a vegetable garden in the White House was incredibly powerful uh, that really affected the community, in particular the African-American community, teaching them how to grow vegetables again, um, you know, when so it was rekindling old school. She came from the south side of Chicago, you know, and I mm-hmm. think she was just mm-hmm. incredible in that White House. And the amount of initiatives she did and carried forth in education, education for girls and women, uh, what they did for the vets, her and Dr. Jill Biden was incredible joining forces initiative. Uh, there was a lot of really solid hard work that made a real difference uh, during that time. Even if we didn't always see it in Congress and policy, it certainly was coming out of the East Wing and West Wing, maybe just in a different way. But it was very powerful, powerful work. And that's, you know, people go, I can't believe Michelle sold out arenas. Well, I can because the amount of work they were actually doing on the ground was incredible. Yeah. In their time well, there. You know, yeah. you got you to gotta imagine those two girls, their daughters are going to be a couple of powerhouses, huh? They mm-hmm. are. It's going to be really interesting what happens to those two girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Heaven forbid. Lord help us all. <laughs> They'll be great. They've got a great family. They've got a. They've got what they have is authenticity. They have a very real, very great family. Um, just very, very refreshing. 
And it doesn't surprise me that the Obamas get on very well with George Bush, you know, um, mm-hmm. Junior, because mm-hmm. he was also authentic in his own weird, eccentric kind of way. I mean, I haven't got a lot of patience for Shay Cheney, but George Bush himself, his heart was in the right place. Do you know what I mean? He didn't want to wish harm yeah. to anyone else and things like that. So it's no surprise to me that they've kindled a, a friendship because they were both on the whole um, just very authentic authentic human human beings, really, in a way. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want mm. to know, Anna, wish Anna well. what, mm. yeah. what are you doing? What What have you been doing since that gig in the White House? What have you been doing since this? What are you doing now? Okay, well, the show has taken a long time to prep. We first uh, debuted in February. That took a lot of work and a lot of prep. Um, and so this show is backed by popular demand. And it... it it, putting on a show, a solo exhibit, does take an incredible amount of work. You've, there's lots of photographs to go through, and you've got to find the right printers and the right framers and the right galleries, and the galleries have to want you as well. There's a, there's a whole big, big thing. I mean, it's not much difference from all the work that goes into a film, actually, to be honest, to, to start launching a tour that can just... You know, this tour, I hope, will tour to other places. It's set up so that it can keep touring, hopefully. Um, so, and... I, you know, to be honest, I lost both my parents in the last two or three, four years. So I, oh. <laughs> I um, have actually been flying lost. I, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm sorry. Is, I... Yeah. There's been a lot of caregiving. Mm. I spend a lot of time flying between New Zealand and here, looking after my family. So this, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. going, well, what else is going on? Well, it, it's kind of I, I took that time to deal with. Obviously, uh, the tragic loss of my parents. So that's what I've mm-hmm. been doing. And so now I'm mm-hmm. in a position um, that I am saying, what's next? What now? What am I going to do? Uh, I just took myself off to Spain to sail around Spain <laughs> for two or three weeks. Nice. I thought about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've come back and I'm waiting to see what opportunities there are. Uh, I was. Um, you know, I'm always looking out to see if there's a candidate who I would like to, whose campaign I might like to be on because I haven't followed a camp candidate through his campaign before. So I have my eyes on that. And also if there are any positions available on any campaign as maybe an advisor. But also, of course, I'm exploring various film projects I have in development. So, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing what that, offers are going to come. It's going to be very interesting, interesting wow. what I do next. Pardon? Anna, that is, I got to tell you, that's very interesting that, you spent a couple of years uh, immersed in this in, in an administration, and the fact that it hasn't turned you off to politics, I think, is is quite amazing. Uh, you know, I, that well, you would actually, even consider uh, jumping back into it. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's turned me off being president. Not that I ever could be president. Wish that job yeah. on anyone, to be absolutely honest. I think living yeah. at the White House is really, really, really hard, um, and it turned me off. Uh, wanting to be a, a president or in that or, or that kind of thing. It's a it's a really really tough gig. However, I, I'm still driven by a need to make a difference. So it's important to me that a good candidate gets in and becomes president. It's a, important to me. And if I have to, I have to say it's a really really tough hard thing to do. Um, but if I can help and have any skills to help to ensure a decent candidate will get in 
then I, I will do that. And I have to say it's not enjoyable. No, it's not. It's an incredibly, mm. politics is toxic and it's horrible. Yeah. And it's really horrible. And you've got to keep really, really grounded and not be swayed and just stick to the facts and stick to the truth. And I know all of us are looking at candidates right now going, okay, who's going to be the next candidate? Uh, who's going to be running for president? Well, are, that is hard. Are you, it's hard. Are you, strict, are you mm. strictly interested in the national platform or are you looking at local politics as well is there or are you strictly looking at at the presidency if if you're going to jump back into that um i prefer national and i prefer foreign policy obviously i have a lot of international experience so foreign policy is very important to me um but i also believe community and community and local politics is really 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 important so i would never not say no to local community um uh uh politics at all if you can make a difference mm-hmm. on the ground in your own community that means as much as making a difference nationally as far as i'm concerned because mm-hmm. it starts from mm-hmm. within ourselves and then spreads out from there and well joe um, joe I, has joe has his, mm. fa- his favorite saying what's your favorite saying joe all politics is local there you go Right, all politics. Yeah, and Tip O'Neill. And and I believe that it it starts on the ground. It starts with your neighbour, and we Mm -hmm. all are empowered to make a difference in the lives of those around us. It takes extraordinary Mm -hmm. effort and energy and timing and a whole lot of things that aren't even in your control to be able to run for something like presidency, Um, and so. Local politics is is no less different. It's just as important. Even if you're not in politics, just making a difference in the world. You you guys are putting great stuff and information out there. It's so it's so important. Mm. All of that uh, communication mm. is one mm. of the great things that human humans have. Um, mm-hmm. On this planet, is the ability to communicate and share, and and be right. kind or wise to others or whatever it is. So yeah. And other than that, film. And but the problem with film, of course, is that film is making all these big violent movies, and I just have no heart or interest in making those in any way, shape, or form. So I'm coming mm-hmm. back into an industry that I worked in for 20 years that has changed completely. Um, at the same time, it doesn't appeal to me to make little one-minute YouTube videos and go and buy hits and click farms and stuff that a lot of these kids are, are doing. I, I don't. Right. I. I I, I, that doesn't appeal to me either. So I, I'm, I'm observing a lot. Uh, I would almost mm-hmm. go back and work in the corporate, like for Netflix or Prime, if I was offered a job for a year, just while I figured out what I, I would be my next um, thing. I mean, obviously, I'd like to tour this exhibit. And, and if it got picked up, you know, with many other galleries around the country, then that would actually almost take up a lot of time anyway. So. Oh, absolutely. Well, That's what, that was going to be my next question is, um, is it go, it's, you mentioned it might be going on tour. I'm always curious how that works because, you know, Joe, you know, I know all of our local galleries and places like the PB Art Center. And at, I would imagine that there's going to be some sort of agency that has facilities like that lined up across the country that you, no. you bring a, an exhibit. No. What? Okay. There, there's no, something somebody should be doing. Somebody should be doing that. Yeah, and and that's that's the big problem that I'm having. Well, not the problem, but that's the big thing. You would think that there were agents or art dealers who did that, but there is absolutely no mm-hmm. one. It's literally going out to each gallery that would be right for your work and making them aware of it. 
um, and then wow. seeing if they can squeeze it in their schedule. So it's very, very hard work. And I know I have two or three galleries talking to me or state museums talking to me about showing it. But, I mean, it's a big job to find <laughs> and then establish which galleries are right for your work throughout the United States, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I know yeah, I've yeah, got no, interest from... It's I've got an interest job. from a gallery in Mexico. Yeah, I've got an interest in gallery from Mexico and one from Brazil and one from Australia. Uh, it's just mm. a matter of where. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, 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 just, that's but that's a lot of that's, travel. That's a lot of that's a effort. lot of travel. Right. right. Yeah. And so it, it, it's a matter of seeing if that's all feasible and possible and whether it will all work. Um, you just don't know. And, of course, museums buy work. I have an Indian, a baseball museum, uh, is it Kansas or somewhere, that's interested in buying one of their pieces for their museum, uh, things like that. So, you know, it's it's a matter of getting it out there and people knowing about it and uh, people wanting it. I mean, I'm very lucky that this is backed by popular demand on the first one in February, which was held all the way up in Pasadena, uh, a smaller but very, mm-hmm. very respected uh, photo photographic gallery had thousands and thousands and thousands of visitors and people flew from Michigan to San from San Diego and Michigan to come to the show so it's it's very obvious there's there's an audience for it um, we've had incredible inquiries on this show up in Palos Verdes to get two shows within a few months in Los Angeles is an incredible feat that's kind of unheard of um, it probably means that it probably could have gone into a LACMA or one of the big galleries. But unfortunately, those big galleries, they don't pick up till it's proven itself. Does that make sense? <laughs> right, 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 um, right. They're not, yeah. they're, they're not the so, vanguard. They're, they're not, inter- they're not yep. interested in the vanguard. They want to make sure it's a pot. But you know something? President Barack Obama was immensely popular president. So I, yeah. I can't envision that you're going to have any – problems getting this show on tour uh, literally across the country um this you know this has been a really fascinating conversation joe unfortunately we are just about out of time so we got to wrap it up we are anna thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much it was delightful thank you so much for doing what you do keep it up and i hope joe that you come to the exhibit and I hope, Jackie, I, that you cancel I, everything else and come to the exhibit. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm like seriously, I'm seriously about to reorganize my weekend. I, 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 we have plans with friends and we have reservations and I, and it's at the other end of the bubble. Um, I'm going to be at, at, a, at the opening at the El Segundo El Museum Segundo. of Art. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I have to rethink all yeah. that. Yeah, Palos Verdes is showing Celebrate Hope till Ju- July the 7th. So I hope everyone right. um, comes to see I, I it can, and everyone in the yeah. South Bay. It's worth it. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. Now, it's Celebrate okay. Hope, Palos Verdes Art Center, okay. and you must go to Rotten Tomatoes and see Buddha Wild, Monk in a Hut. You have to see that. Buddha Wild, Monk in a Hut. It's amazing. What a wonderful uh, uh, career you've had, Anna, and uh, we look forward to much, much more. Thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Thank you Joe. so much, both of you. Thanks, Thank Anna. You. Thank you. We, we love it. Bye. We're going to see you at the opening. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.